0: And now, today's podcast episode. Welcome to
1: another episode of the Almost Awakened podcast. I'm your host, Bill Real, and grateful for this chance to spend time with you. The Almost Awakened podcast is where we spend this time together exploring community, the universe, sexuality, evolution, music, how to shed ego and work on shadow work, and tons of other topics that interest you and me. So buckle up, sit tight. We're about to explore the human experience. So, here we are, the Almost Awakened podcast, and I wanted to have a conversation today around a couple of concepts. One of them is reality, another is trying to understand another person's story when you're dealing with an experience or conflict with another human being. And then I want to finish off talking for a moment about insensitivity. So, when I think about reality, I think each of us in our head, in our own head, we think we have the right perspective of reality. Meaning that as you think about your reality and I think about my reality, I think I've got it. And when I see other humans get off track and do something like, whoa, they, they misunderstood the situation. And I always think I'm understanding the situation correctly other than when somehow I missed out on some little piece of context, which rarely happens. And the reality, no pun intended, is that none of us perceive reality as it is. And so when we get into an argument, when we get into a conflict with another human being, we often are trying so hard to convince them that our reality is true, that our reality is the right view, and if you would only listen to me you would understand that I'm right about this, about the perception of reality, which one is accurate. It's mine. And one of the things you learn as you become almost awakened is that all of us are misinterpreting the data around us in the real world to the extent that all of us are experiencing reality in a skewed way. And you might say, duh, Bill, like obviously all of us are making mistakes and misperceiving what's going on. And and I'm actually going further than that. I'm saying that when you have a conflict with another human being and they are adamant about the ground that they're holding and you're adamant about the ground you're holding, the reality is both of you are having misperceptions about reality, even if at the end of the conversation one of you convinces the other of you that you were right. And so one of the things that I've picked up on in the last few months and has really been a, a, a years in the making is that when I now get into a conflict with my wife, per se, is I'm learning this new technique. And this technique involves trying to understand the other person's feelings. So when two people are in a conflict, person A and person B, when person A says, I am angry and hurt and frustrated at this thing you did. Person B generally comes back with, you're misunderstanding me. You're the one who did this. You're the one who did that. And that's why I did the thing I did. And next thing you know, you're in this all-out war with this person who almost inevitably is somebody you love and you care about. And so there ought to be, and there is a different way in which we can engage these kinds of conflicts. And, and one of them is to come into it and go, I understand how you feel I think let me restate it so if I understand you correctly what you're saying is that when I do XYZ it causes these feelings inside of you it causes these feelings inside of you for you to feel and and am I am I stating this impasse as you see it this I do this and it's hurting you am I stating it correctly And so the first thing you've done is you've shown the other person that you're willing to listen. So you can enter this conflict immediately doing it differently than you've ever done it before. And and let me say, I'm talking to my son the other day. And I'm having a conversation with him about how him and his sister treat each other. And they have this routine. And this routine is full of yelling and screaming and anger and hurt and blame. And it goes all the way around. Uh, my son will do something. His sister will be agitated by the thing he does. He's talking too loud. He's playing his video games too loud. He's using her charger. It it can be a host of a thousand things. And she will immediately fly off the handle. And then he immediately has his routine in which he uses to handle it. And I'm sitting down with him one evening and I'm saying like, let's talk about this for a few minutes. Let's, Let's see if we can tackle this problem a different way. I said, your sister... She has some trauma from her childhood and she does legitimate trauma from her childhood. And because of that trauma, it makes it much more difficult for her when she feels turmoil inside of her, when she feels all twisted up in knots and it happens easily to her. I I told my son, I said, can you, can you understand her trauma? Can you understand why she comes into every conversation as if it's a conflict? Can you, can you, instead of seeing what she's doing to you, can you take a bigger view and look at her life and try to understand her life of experience and why she comes into the conflict the way she does and then i immediately followed up by saying the moment you can understand that let me add another little twist to your story i said son you claim to me you claim to me you don't want this disagreement to be an all out fight like it always is right and he says yeah i don't want to do this i want to i don't want to i don't want to have this argument with her i just want her to be nice to me and leave me alone. And I said, well, first we have to understand why she reacts the way she does. So you understand her experience. You understand why she comes into any moment where she feels twisted up in knots inside. And she goes into uh, the fight portion of fight or flight or fright. And he said, yeah, I get it. Okay. I said, so her response is going to be really difficult right here. in the beginning of this, getting her to change her response is going to be pretty much impossible. Do you understand that? He said, yeah, I get it. Okay. I said, so now let's work from your next response. You have a routine with your sister. You have a way in which you go back and forth with her. She does this and you say that. She defends herself by saying this and you then say that. She attacks you and says this and then you do this. And the next thing you know, you're both just at complete arms with each other uh, over this issue. I said, you don't want it to go that way, right? He goes, no. I said, well, you keep doing the same thing over and over. You keep doing it the same way. Somewhere inside you, you actually do want it to go this way. Do you understand that? And he says, no, dad, I don't, I don't get it. I'm, I'm just defending myself. I'm just trying to get her to leave me alone. I said, no, 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 son. When she feels turmoil, she reacts in a very limited way. Here's the way in which she responds to the turmoil that she feels. I say, you then respond, you then come back with these same reactions. Here they are. I'll name them. One, two, three. And you keep getting the results you don't like. I said, what would happen if you did it differently? What would happen, son, if when she has all this turmoil and she responds outwardly, she is essentially screaming and yelling, saying, I need help. I feel turmoil inside and I'm losing control. That's really what she's saying. She's trying to put her world back in order, and she doesn't know how. I said, what if you responded, hey sister, let me see if I get this right. When I use your phone charger, you feel turmoil inside because it's your charger, it belongs to you, and you like to know that your world is safe and respected. And when I use your phone charger, It somehow places a little bit of your world into chaos, and it feels like nothing's safe, nothing is yours, and nothing is respected. I said, what if you did that, Zach? What do you think would happen? He said, I don't know. I said, well, I'm going to suggest maybe you try it, because if you try that, my hunch is that she's going to perceive that you are handling something very different than you've ever handled it before. You see, the moment you do what you've always done, she's going to return and do what she always does in return to what you've always done. To get a different result, you have to do something different. My hunch is that she's going to have some degree of being stopped in her tracks. She's going to have some degree of feeling heard. She's going to have some degree of being able to get control of her world again, at least parts of it, without having to retaliate in the full way that she usually does. What would happen if you just told her, I understand why you feel the way you do? And then follow it up by saying to feel that is reasonable. It is reasonable that you felt what you did. I used your charger. Your life has involved at times people violating your space and your person. Your life at times has involved people disregarding your perspective. It has involved people disregarding your wants and needs. It has involved people disregarding you as a human being. When anyone else does anything close to that, that you feel those same feelings, it seems reasonable that you would immediately jump into mechanisms that protect yourself. Then, son, what if you followed it up with empathy? Not empathy for her behavior, empathy for how she got there. Zach, try to see her whole life Try to see her from from birth till now. We are all a product of our life, our experience, our DNA, the trauma our parents passed on to us, the trauma their parents passed on to them, the trauma their parents passed on to them. We don't come to any of these experiences in a vacuum. What if, son, you, through your words and your body language, showed empathy for how we got to here? What if you, son, said something like, Sister... I can see why you react the way you do when something that belongs to you or your very person feels threatened. And I didn't think about that when I used your charger but I can see how using your charger would have been connected to a hundred other things and it would have caused you to feel threatened and to feel a need to respond to gain control back of your world. I'm really sorry that I caused that. I'm wondering if there's any way that we can work out a way that I can use your charger when I need it without causing those kinds of feelings in you, period. I said, what if you did that, Zach? What if you made a reasonable request after showing empathy for why she responded the way she did? I think when we understand a person's totality, we can begin to see how they got to where they did and why they respond the way they do. You see, the moment you realize that your understanding of a situation also isn't reality, you can pause for a moment and try to understand the reality of the other person and the blind spots in your view. In your view of reality, you see you can never understand the experiences of another human being. They came to this response. They responded the way they did because all of their life up until that moment brought them to that. And you can't even fathom the context and experience of their life. My mom sometimes acted in uh, rage. There were a few times where she slapped me across the face. And I often thought my mom was incredibly awesome and she was a wonderful mom. And then she had these moments where she lost her shit. And without understanding her childhood, the abuse that she was a victim in, the difficulties she suffered through foster care, And through abandonment of her own mother and the absenteeism of her father, I couldn't even possibly understand the context of her response. And so when you start to say, like, my reality also isn't reality, you now make a safe space that the other person can give you more context. And if your responses, if you the way you respond to people is always been the same, this is the way you've always responded to their outrage, their lashing out, their expressing hurt or anger, then don't bullshit me and tell me that you want a different response or you want these arguments to go a different way because you don't. And if you do, then you'd be willing to try something else. And so again, I'm going to run you through. First, mirror to that person what they said. If I understand you right, you, you seem to be saying that when I do this, this, or this, that you feel this, this, and this, and it leads you to respond the way you did to me. Second is to validate it as reasonable. That feels like a reasonable response to me doing this thing. That seems reasonable. Third is to come in and show empathy for the context of their life, which has given them the reality they have, which has led to them responding to you in a certain way. I can see, I can understand if I take a moment to try to understand you and your experience and your history I can see why you responded to me the way you did. I can see that what I did hurt you and that that and that said hurt contributed to your response. I'm really sorry that you felt that and that you felt that the response you gave was your option in order to get control back of this situation. I can see why that would happen. You've never had a conversation about the right or wrong of it. And you may have to use subtler or softer words depending on who you're talking to you'll be able to be a little more direct, again, not attributing right or wrong, but you'll be able to be a lot more direct as you and your partner begin using this exercise with some regularity. What it does is it takes the fear-based response, fight, flight, or freeze. And I wanna talk for a moment about that, just a moment. Picture us humans 200,000 years ago. Let's go further back, 500,000 years ago. Let's go further back. 300, 500, a million years ago, whatever we were, let's go to a point when we don't have language. Hence, we don't have gossip. Hence, we don't have shame. All of us in our tribe of others, of others like our kind, as we sit around and when we're not hunting or doing something connected to survival or preparation for survival, When we're just laying around and enjoying each other and ourselves, whatever that looks like, whatever our our bodies looking different, our beliefs about whatever being different, our way about getting to something or accomplishing something being different, and yet there's no shame. The only time we would feel fear is when the world threatened us. We're, We're sitting in a tree and we're grooming each other and we're enjoying as a species, whatever we are, the differences in each other. And as we're grooming each other and appreciating the differences in each other and caring for each other, a threat comes along. There's a noise in the trees. There's a noise in the grass. There's a growl close by. Suddenly, the other species of our kind start making noises to alert us of the threat that is just around the corner. Fast forward. Think about the feelings of shame. Think about the feelings of criticism. What do they feel like? Do they get your heart racing? Do they get you having your blood rush faster? Do they get your skin to blush? Does everything get warm all of a sudden? You see, these are fear-based responses. And we humans now, today, once we created language, once we created myth and labels, once we had the ability to lift one of our kind up, because of something they did better, it also dictated that we now had the ability to diminish another because of something that is seen as less than about them. And we now have the language and the binding mechanism of gossip and myth to be able to tell others they don't fit in, that their body isn't the right shape, that their behavior is unhealthy or inappropriate, We now have the ability to criticize and to gossip and to talk about and to diminish others. And as we do that, we cause the same feeling, fear. Shame, criticism, is felt as fear. It's the same feeling that our ancient ancestors felt on the plains of the safari or in the trees of the jungle. They're the same feelings. And when you recognize that we use criticism and making fun of, and diminishing others in, in kind of a similar way too as to alert them to try harder, to be more careful, to be more prepared, to not talk about things that ruin our community, to not talk about things that divide us because all of this hinges in our DNA around survival. There's a piece of our brain, this lizard brain of ours, that immediately goes into these fright mechanisms and these fear-based behaviors. When you mirror, validate, and show empathy, you help the person move out of their lizard brain and move into their modern consciousness and awareness and their rational thinking and their critical thinking brain. The argument becomes less emotion-based because they don't have the fear. They don't need the fright response of fight, flight, or freeze. They can now engage the conversation rationally. And your goal needs to be, we don't need to figure out right and wrong this moment. We can come back to it later and talk about our perceptions of why this was right or wrong on each of our ends. Rather, our only goal here is to help that person feel heard, help them see that we understand that their feelings are reasonable and that it hurt, and we can see why they responded the way they did that we understand that their life experience is different than ours. And being able to do it that way suddenly will get you different results. Now, I want to end with this idea of insensitivity. We talk about being insensitive as a bad thing. We talk about all of us need to be more sensitive. And some of that's true and some of that's not. Just to throw a wrench in it and getting you thinking a different direction as you go off on your day. Think for a moment about all the times we are overly sensitive. When something bad happens to someone, we often gather around them to let them know we love them. And some of us are too sensitive that we don't allow the person to move beyond the thing that's hurt them. We were watching a movie last night, my wife and I. The movie was How Do You Know? It's got Reese Witherspoon. It's got Owen Wilson. Uh, and it's got the gentleman who plays Ant-Man. And the movie has very low ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. But my wife and I thoroughly enjoyed the movie because it is a fantastic movie If you just watch the characters, who they play, like what kind of person they play and the healthiness of those people and the goodness of those people, which characters are good in like a real day-to-day way within our world, which characters are not as good, which characters are healthy, some are good and unhealthy, some are good and healthy, some are bad or worse and healthy, some are worse and unhealthy. So I would suggest if you ever get a chance, sit with uh, somebody on a date and watch the movie, How Do You Know? But watching not the, 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 the greatness of the plot or the movie, but the characters and the kinds of people they're playing. There's this moment where Reese Witherspoon is cut from the USA softball team. And when it happens, all of her teammates show up. They're all at her house. And she's already scheduled a breakfast date with a guy. So she looks at all of her friends and she says... It would be nice if you guys were a little less sensitive, a little more insensitive because they're not allowing her to move on. Sometimes we are so set on apologizing over and over or repeating that we messed up or talking about the mistakes that we've made or sitting with another person who is hurt and has had some difficult, hard thing happen in their life. And we are just there to make them swim in it all day long. And the reality is sometimes it's really good to be insensitive. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes we need to care so much about people that we outwardly care a little less about them. So as to give them the space to start living a new story. Let me conclude with this. Often in our lives, we get into rabbit holes where something traumatic or bad has happened to us, and all we can do is think about it. And sometimes we contribute to it. And so all we can do is swim in the shame and blame of having caused something. And the reality is the moment we start being present again, like when you're in a conversation at a dinner table, and I was in one of these conversations Saturday night, and I'm trying to make jokes, and I'm being funny, and suddenly I get to this place where my humor just isn't as funny and I say something and it's stupid. And so now I'm trying to walk myself out of saying that stupid thing. And now I'm lost in the narrative of having to keep talking about this thing so as to try and fix it and get rid of it. And the reality is the moment I just shut my mouth, another person at the table naturally helps me out by taking the conversation a whole nother direction. When you mess up, when you make a mistake, when you say something stupid or hurtful, say you're sorry, and move on, and let everybody begin to live present again. Please consider helping us keep this podcast alive by donating. You can do that by going to the website, almostawakened.org. There at the top of the page, you'll see the donate button. Click that and send a few dollars our way. This takes lots of time and prep to do this podcast, but we're excited to do it. Help us keep it going. The outro music is brought to you by Dirty Heads, Sound of Change. You can email us at almostawakenedpodcast at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook at Almost Awakened. You can also find us on Reddit, Almost Awakened, there as well. Please join in the conversations there where you can discuss this topic and others and engage other people on this side of life
0: who are... Almost Awakened. This has been another Almost Awakened episode. Check us out at almostawakened.org, where you can check out past episodes, make a donation to keep this podcast running, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources shared in today's episode. For coaching opportunities or extra support, visit no nonsense spirituality.com to meet with Certified Spiritual Director Brittany Hartman.